2: the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 248. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a few moments, John Densmore, the legendary, the iconic drummer of The Doors will be joining us for a short and sweet interview. He has a new book out, The Seekers, Meetings with Remarkable Musicians and Other Artists. And of course, we'll use our six degrees of GNR Bacon because I want to talk to him about the I guess the revolver slice of bacon as I continue to use my bad metaphors. Uh, But Scott Weiland has played with the doors. So I want to talk about that experience with John in addition to his book. And then after that interview, stick around as we do another edition of Fan Fan Obsession. You, your time to shine. The Guns N' Roses Appetite for Distortion listener where you get to tell your story. And today's story, it's going to be taking us to Sweden to talk to Johan Peterson, a loyal listener, a young Guns N' Roses fan uh, who has been great. He Perhaps you've heard his name before as he's asked many a questions uh, throughout the course of me doing interviews. But he reached out and wanted to share his love of Guns N' Roses with all of us. So we'll do that. But first, John Densmore of The Doors. John this is an honor, a privilege. Just, just thank you for taking some time out to speak with me today.
1: Hey, Brandon, good to meet you. What town
2: are you in? I'm in uh, Queens, uh, Woodside, New York, Queens, uh, New York City. Okay. I want to talk about your, your book, obviously, because it's brilliant. Uh, it is the perfect book that what's going on in the world right now. Uh, can you for those? How who so? Don't, how so? I want you to explain why <laughs> is this book the for the seeker in all of us, because we're all looking for something now. We all have time to look for something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, we are all seekers and you don't have to be iconic musician climbing charts. You can play piano in a closet and no one hears it or paint and you're getting into the same zone. And maybe I never thought of this till now. uh, It's really diverse. The artist I wanted to give a tip of the hat to you know, it's like Willie Nelson and a, a classical conductor and and rock and roll, and and America is a big melting pot. And these all these people fed me, all these diverse people, so we can, uh, you know, be the United States. I know it's it
2: seems like an oxymoron nowadays, but that's why your your book is is perfect. I mean, your introduction to it, and it's something I feel like I philosophize with my therapist. I felt like I was kind of, you know, in therapy, kind of reading the beginning of your, of your
1: book. <laughs> I, oh, I, I saved you a lot of money. Good. All
2: right. <laughs> uh, I want to ask, cause I, uh, the, the chapter that stood out to me, there was many that stood out to me, uh, the one with Jim Morrison. And it's kind of you, I forget cause I'm 37. I don't know if you can tell. Like, I forget that he wasn't a trained singer. He wasn't a trained musician when he, he joined, uh, he joined you. So I, wh- after all these years, you know, because this is your third book. You've been talking about him. Is there something, is there a feeling, what feeling do you get talking about Jim now? So like Maybe someone like me who doesn't, didn't experience him. Is it, do you still feel like he's here? Is it, uh, has it waned on you after all these years? I mean, I guess, how do you feel about your friend all these wow. years later still writing about him?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I occasionally dream about him. I, I had one not too long ago where he was back And he was dressed in like an Armani suit and wanted to play, you know, wanted to play music. And that felt really good. Jim was, uh, besides being an incredible wild man, the the Lizard King, he had a real uh, vulnerable side. And uh, uh, there was a sweetness there that, you know, most people don't know. But, you know, in rehearsal, when we were hanging out, he, he... He was open, Uh, you know, he got caught by uh, alcoholism and, uh, you know, we didn't have substance abuse clinics and we didn't know he had a disease. So Mm -hmm. we didn't know what to do. I I mean, I was kind of tortured. I knew there was an elephant in the room, but I couldn't define it. But, uh, you know, we have his music and uh, it's such a gift, feeds me all the time.
2: It feeds me too. Honestly, it's a, a connection that I have with my, my dad still who passed away eight, eight years ago. He's the one who got me into the doors. Oh, so this, I mean, he's smiling from above right now watching. Uh, this. That's be- uh, beautiful, beautiful. But I want to wrap up uh, cause I know you're, you're short on time and this has been an honor.
1: No, I'm okay. I like uh, this. Go on. Thank you. Uh,
2: back in the year 2000. And this is a, uh, it's somebody who reminds me, my generation is Jim Morrison per se. Uh, he wasn't in the book And perhaps he'll be in a sequel Seekers, The Seekers 2 Is Scott Weiland uh, I'm wondering oh, yeah. your, What interaction did you have with Scott Because um, he was similar to Jim yeah. In a lot of ways And when you did the, the You played with the Doors Scott and a lot of people Thought he did a great job And there was even talk Ray Manzarek said at the time That he might do an album Or record with him So if you can talk about Scott Weiland A little bit if you could
1: yeah great singer uh it was on storytellers that he performed with us i'm trying to remember which song well oh it was break on through and five and, to one uh, and five to one too? Mm-hmm. two songs. yeah and uh i think uh there was a lyric uh she gets she gets high and we had to edit out the word high and and uh Ray was encouraging him to sing that. And I said, you don't have to sing it, man. And I didn't know that Scott had like Jim uh, at the, the addictive gene, you know, I, I wish uh, I had known that um, maybe could have pointed him towards some sort of uh, recovery, recovery road. Uh, I miss that guy. You know, Mm -hmm. he was a great singer. Uh you know stone temple pilots are wonderful we, uh, we played with the the bass player robert on a tribute to ray uh, I, I hope it comes out this year called break on through a tribute to ray manzarek it's a film of the concert that uh, robert DeLory played with us okay
2: yeah i'm looking forward to uh i hope that does come out and if i can squeeze in one more maybe it's a quick uh answer you when you wrap up the book you talk about how the great ones are always a few steps ahead. It was a conversation that you had with Bob Dylan that you know they yeah. have to catch up. Is there yeah. anyone today, an artist today, that we haven't caught
1: up with yet that you can see? <laughs> I wish I had my finger on the pulse of okay. uh, all of it, but uh, <laughs> right off the hand, I can't think. Uh, I mean, you know, like uh, follow your intuition. It's inside. The answers are are inside, and then you bring it out. So who does, who's ever's out there that, you know, they're coming. All
2: right. Well, hopefully they get inspired by your book. I know that I was, and you know, uh, it's great that you've become an author and I hope you do another one. Cause the amount of people that you've met over your career, I mean, these are just a few samples of the seekers that you've had interaction with. So.
1: Yeah. Well, words have become my new musical notes. I love them.
0: Mm.
2: I love it too. Uh, John, this has been an honor. I hope we get to do this again and you have yourself a great day. All right, see ya. Wow, that was something else. Can you believe in just a few short months on this podcast, we've had the two surviving members of The Doors? I mean, I'm continuously uh, blown away uh, on what we can accomplish on this podcast. And it's all thanks to you listening. So uh, please continue to do so so I can keep doing these amazing interviews. And one of the great listeners that we've had uh, throughout the course of this podcast is Johan Peterson. All right, so now uh, a segment that I need to do more of, I'm gonna do more of, and that's Fan Obsession. News. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Son of a, see, this is what happens, Johan. You've been listening for so long, and you know my obsession with the buttons and
0: everything? Yeah.
2: Now that I'm working from home, it's just like a different setup. So I have to, I, I don't want to bore people with like how my setup works or why it's awkward for me, but uh, we'll, we'll include this Fan Obsession. <laughs>
0: fans
2: <laughs> so, both both are uh, terrible sound bites so i don't know why no, don't, it's uh, that big of a deal
0: i don't uh, think so you know when i listen to the actual track to bad obsession i, I can't get the fan obsession thing out of my head it's always at that point in the song comes it's like i always in my head sing the wrong lyrics <laughs>
2: i'm so sorry let me be, I'm <laughs> gonna apologize for ruining that song for you <laughs> <laughs> i i Honestly, sometimes when I hear those songs too, I hear that st- my own stupid voice in my head as well. So uh, <laughs> I apologize to everybody, but I don't know. This is as you've been, we were just talking about this. We move on to the fandom session to where we highlight you, the Guns N' Roses fan. You don't have to be John Densmore or any of these classic artists that have great stories. You could just be a person, I guess. In that, if you read the John Densmore's book, the whole artist label is. You know it's overused, so anybody can have a great story. So here we're always we convene to have great stories about Guns N' Roses or the Six Degrees of GNR Bacon. So Johan Peterson from Sweden, right? right? Is there is there a special city in Sweden or? Uh,
0: well, I, I live in a city called Uppsala, which is maybe hundred kilometers north of Stockholm. So it's a, uh, bam, smack lamb in the middle of the country.
2: I barely know where I live. No, I, <laughs> it's just amazing to me. And Johan is one of those the names that I remember since I've started doing this podcast. And it's odd as I record um, both of these uh, portions of the episode today uh, 12 years, uh, 2012, well, I saw Gunther Roses at Roseland Rose Ballroom with uh, Ian Scottish, Ian Scotto. And that's uh, who I started this podcast with. And it's just been a crazy ride. And a lot of, of, I get to ask uh, these awesome rock stars questions or authors, comedians, whoever comes on. And somebody who asks great questions all the time is Johan. Thank you. <laughs> I should thank you because you're kind of my producer. When I can't think of a good question, I'm like, what does Johan have to say about it? And it was only recently that you, you reached out. They're like, you know, uh, I would love to be on the podcast and, and do the fan obsession you named the, the, the segment to talk about. This is something that maybe we don't talk about enough is what is it like to be like, how old of a guy are you? You look extremely young, um, by the way.
0: I'm a week short of 22. So 21 for the time being.
2: (laughs) Wow. So that means as I've been doing this podcast, I don't know, four years or whatever, you've been following me since you were, I don't want to say a teenager, like you were 13 or something like that, but uh, that's something else. So, I But that puts it in perspective, how long you've been following this podcast and how young- you were as a fan of Guns N' Roses and you wanted to talk about what it's like to be such a young fan, to be obsessed with the band that's... And I'm not even talking about... I, I've spoken about this in the early days with, with Scotto, with Ian, about how we, we both became fans when the band was broken up, you know. but we were still alive and around when Appetite came out, and, and use your illusion, albeit we were young. You, that, this was all before you. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, if you could tell us, like, how did you become introduced to the band? Um, I mean, go tell us a little bit about yourself other than just being Johan from from Sweden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I guess I guess like hard rock music uh, has always been around like my family in some extent. My mom was like crazy about Bon Jovi, well, still is <laughs> crazy about Bon Jovi, and uh, to some extent Kiss as well. Okay. So like when I when I grew up, I always had like the Slippery When Wet record was always on and and Keep the Faith and uh, Better Roses and stuff was always playing in the car and in in the house and stuff so I was like I got introduced to the genre in that way and then when I was really young like maybe nine or ten or something uh, I when I went I guess it's I guess it's sort of middle school I'm not quite sure about the American school system but yeah (laughs) when I was nine or ten I met some friends that had like similar stories from their family so we we started like sharing music with each other. So like I showed some Bon Jovi to some guys and they showed me uh, like uh, Aerosmith or whatever. Um, and- like
2: how are you showing, I guess, like how, because it's different for me, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, you know, MTV, I guess, was still playing videos. VH1 was still playing videos. I, uh, I, I guess you can call me the downloading age. Where, yeah. where What are the downloading uh, MFRs? You know, as, the as lime I think,
0: wire, the Limewire guys. The Limewire
2: guys. So that's how I learned about a lot of music. You know, so I guess how did you? I guess trade music. Uh, you know, in Sweden, where it's, is it? Is it different? I, I yeah. don't know.
0: I love, Sorry to be I ignorant mean, about it. Spotify is a Swedish company, uh, so fair
2: enough. Good point.
0: So I, th- I think Spotify started in like '09 or something like that. So, I mean, I remember buying. CDs when I was younger I remember getting the Bon Jovi record Lost Highways on CD I think that was in 2007 or something but I mean when we were showing each other songs it was like basically sending each other Spotify links over MSN Messenger or huh. okay. uh, I, I vividly remember uh, sending Master Puppets to my friend via Bluetooth on a Sony Ericsson phone so yeah it's, uh, okay. it's yeah, I mean
2: it's different because we talk about you know the old i don't want to say older but the, the more seasoned uh, music people you know t- trading vinyl or getting cassettes from their older siblings but now we're talking about sharing links
0: yeah, yeah that's yeah. that is interesting and I think you, what, it, what had, you were into that We're sharing vinyl and stuff uh, i mean i got into specifically like kiss uh, i got into from my mom because i started when i was like 12 or 13 started getting interested in vinyl uh, because I just like the aesthetic of it. And then I bought a record player and then I bought records and then it just went overboard and, and stuff. But she gave me her old records, which was one of them was Animalized by Kiss. So that's how I got into like Kiss and that just fueled it all. So I guess I have some sort of a mixture of, of it all, maybe.
2: And your friends were, were similar because from my perspective, it seems like Sweden is a, a real uh, melting pot for, for metal. You know, for, for sure. having you know, or were you into were your friends into to metal? Because when you're talking about you know Bon Jovi and and Kiss, Kiss may look metal, but they're not
0: metal. Yeah, uh, sure. You know, so was there any uh,
2: any influence on that in your in in your taste at all?
0: Not really. When I was younger, uh, when I was younger, it was like more. Uh, I think, well, when you're like nine, ten, a lot of the music you listen to is the music your parents listen to. True. Uh, at least that was how it was for me, and then and a lot of Component. my friends, but. When I got older, and like, well, in my younger teens, and like, when I, maybe when I was fifteen, sixteen, or something, that's when when I started playing in bands, and I guess that's where the like metal thing, where, where Sweden is really a me- metal country, uh, <laughs> really really started showing, because a lot of the other bands that were playing did play more harder metal stuff, maybe influenced by. Uh, Trivium and and uh, yeah I can't really name a lot of other bands but like Trivium and Metallica and stuff like that maybe more modern metal to some extent. What do you play? I I play the bass. Okay. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. And I guess that sort of connects to how I got into GnR to some extent because Beautiful. Uh, in the the one of the bands I started in when I was really young when I was like 11 11 12 uh, one of them had Appetite on CD. And he was like, "You gotta listen to this if you're gonna play in this band. You gotta like this band. That's just <laughs> how it is, basically." And nice. I, and I, re- I really did. I really did like Appetite, but I didn't really, didn't really uh, look further than Appetite. So I liked like the to Jungle," "Paradise," "Sweet Child," "It's So Easy." And then a couple of maybe a year later, I was uh, at another friend who had a. Could you call it a date when you're 13? I don't think you can. It was like <laughs> the, the girl he wasn't throwing sand at on the on the schoolyard, basically. Fair
2: enough. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> uh,
0: they well were put. they were at his place and uh, he put on Don't Cry, and it ba- basically, because c- I was the third wheel, Uh and okay. he basically was like, put on Don't Cry, which basically meant you had to go now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> um, funny. Uh,
0: but, but that really, I really liked Don't Cry then. So I started listening to The Illusions on, on Spotify and on streaming platforms in like 2012, 13, maybe. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah go- And then it I got go- the CDs and stuff. Okay. That,
2: but yeah. I'm thinking about, and this is maybe like a, a year or so ago where there was an issue, at least in Spotify US, where there were a lot of the West Arkeen written songs that were not on Spotify uh, yeah. There was some, you know, family uh, drama, I believe there. The, the, the nephew of uh, West was on our show. Like, I don't know, man, that seems so long ago, so I don't even yeah. want to pinpoint it. You can go back and look at that episode if you want to. I don't know if anything's been updated uh, since, but you look at Tool. What was it, last year, a couple of years, yeah. like right before the new album? They had nothing streaming? Yeah. Like, you, you, wouldn't, you would not have been able to discover, like, I mean, at least in your way, the way you were looking at it with your friends, you would not have found Tool.
0: So Man. that's great. And, and I didn't. I didn't I haven't even heard of Tool before they released that Fair Inaugurum or whatever the album was called like a yeah. couple years ago. That was You're the first time gonna... i ever heard of Tool. What?
2: See, there you go. See, that's amazing wow. to me. And that's a band that I grew up in high school. Like that's just like, yeah. that's that's a high school band that I still love today that I I listen to regularly just like Guns N' Roses. I couldn't do a podcast on them. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's that's fascinating to me. So I guess what other... See, that's what I love talking to people like you in different parts of the world and learn, because I feel I'm spoiled here, especially not in in the States, but being in New York City, I mean, pre-pandemic, you know, bands are always coming through here and everything. So, you know, you always felt that you had access to these bands in a way, you know, you can see them next time around, you know? So I guess how deep did you go to become a super fan where you're on the forums and you know, how come you're on uh, my GNR forum and not my uh, Bon Jovi forum?
1: You
0: know, that, that's a good question, actually. I think, I think <laughs> because of, I think when I got into GNR, uh, via, especially via the, uh, the illusions, I that really clicked with me, especially the second, the second illusion record. Um, and I think that combined with, I, I went through kind of a hard time. And in, in when I was a teenager, I went through a depression and stuff that was understood. Yeah, and I guess the music sort of was a comfort, especially GNR, and especially for some reason that second second illusion uh, record with yeah, I mean Estranged, and and I, I for some reason I really connected to the alternative lyrics of Don't Cry as well. That's my okay. favorite, which is an, that's a really unpopular opinion.
2: You but, know what? Because <laughs> I've I've joked about that, you know, saying like I don't want to learn this song again, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but the fact that. It just shows you that it was worth it. If it helped yeah. you, it's worth it. You know, it's not a bad song. I'm just being lazy. I'm like, I <laughs> I'm like, I know the song already. I don't want to learn another. No.
0: Yeah, I, th- I totally get it. But I-, I think that, and I guess also like the age I was where when I discovered them. Like I was like I said between 11 and 14 maybe when I really got into them. And I think that also, like at that age, uh, that really helped me. And then I started looking up interviews and and stuff with with the band members and like their personalities, uh, especially like Axels and Duffs. I just just loved it. So it became sort of like because th- that's one of the good things that because I discovered them so late, there was so much out there already. There were so many interviews and there were so many uh, incidents that had happened. So there were so much to like invest in and get interested in. Sure. So I I had like, because I signed up to my GNR in 2014, which as you know, may not be like the most perfect time to sign up to a forum when a band is gonna be inactive for two and a half years. (laughs) 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 But uh, so I, and I think I had all that to like indulge in at the time. And that really just fueled the the obsession to some extent. And, uh, I've just been going from there, like listening to old bootlegs. I went through all of the user illusion era bootlegs, all what, what is it? 158 recorded shows or something like, I,
2: I, I that's like more that. than me, you know, That see that <laughs> it's just funny coming from a guy who hosted GNR podcast. I, I haven't <laughs> gone through the bootlegs like that. That's not yeah, but, like me. That's why I admire, you know, special fans like you, who, you know, really learn about the band. I don't know if you want to call it secondhand, but it's, uh, I mean, I guess I did too, but again, I get to uh, go to shows. I mean, when they finally came back in 2002, finally, you know, and like I said, today is, you know, an anniversary when I saw them at Roseland or at least at, you know, Axel and a version of Guns N' Roses and experienced them, you know, uh, but, but what, one thing I did do, and I'm curious if you did, cause I had friends that taught me as well. You were kind of learning on your own. So did you talk to your parents? I, they taught you Bon Jovi. Did, they, did you yep. say, were you, like? are you also fans of Guns N' Roses? What can you tell, tell me about this band? Did
0: you go to your yeah, parents I, and say. I, I had totally did that, but they, they were not much help there. Okay. <laughs> Sadly. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I did. And then, I mean, I had like a couple of friends, parents had seen them in like, they, because they were in Stockholm in 91 on the 16th and 17th of August. Two amazing shows. Uh But uh, I didn't really did not really have that. I had a couple of friends like that that were into DNR as well that I that I talked a lot to in the beginning. But then I guess when my when I just went deeper and deeper into the minute details of of set lists and and random events that happened during the i don't know appetite tour or whatever that that's they lost me there (laughs) and it was like okay you can do your thing i'm gonna listen to civil war (laughs) over here and then you can listen to that bootleg that i don't hear anything of on the other side of the room basically (laughs) so yeah
2: there are a lot of universal legendary shows but i guess i'm also curious and i want to talk about this for other you know regions of the world you mentioned stock you know stockholm 91 right yeah i know you know i I would have been too young to go you know if yeah. i lived uh the people that you know that whether friends or family that did go can you explain like the impact of that show that band coming to that you know that country whether or not they don't come often
0: i mean i know i I know specifically one one of my my uh a family friend i guess uh she she went there with her sister and they like it had to have done something because like she, she talked about it a lot. Like even before I mentioned GNR, we just talked about hard rock music and she always mentioned like, well, I was at Guns N' Roses in, in the Globe Arena in 91. And I was like, Oh, cool. And then, and then like they went, when they w- came back here in 2017, they like had to go to her and her friend and her sister, like the the group that was in 91 had to go again to like,
1: that's I don't I awesome.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's really cool. And I mean, I mean, that's, and I, I totally get it. I mean, GNR is an it's, it's an American band, and they're based out of the U.S. So of course they're gonna tour America or in Canada most of the time. It's like that, that's more that's easier for them. And then I mean, if they're gonna tour Europe, Sweden is in the north of Europe. So if you're if you're flying into Paris, it's a lot easier to go like Paris, Germany, Prague, and then down to like Greece or whatever, and just a lot of bands don't always come to scandinavia even though in recent years they they are here a lot more often but it's not it's not like okay they're coming to europe they're gonna be in stockholm as well it's like yeah they they may be in stockholm <laughs> uh, right? right that's i guess sort of a shame i mean i didn't get to see i really wanted to see the the, the chinese democracy era gnr uh because i mean they were they were touring europe and in, in yeah i i know they were here they were in, in sweden in 2010, but I mean, I was too young to see them then. And then I know they were here in like 20, I think 12, 13. They were touring Europe, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, they they did not get over here, so I didn't get a chance to see them before before they're Not in This Lifetime tour.
2: Yeah, that's frustrating. And the, what doing this podcast to see the amount of people, the amount of countries that this band is affected and. You know, I feel bad. Like, yeah, you know, if they don't happen to play New York for whatever reason or Long Island and I have to drive to Connecticut or Jersey, whatever. Uh, but for, you know, countries and being like, there's hundreds and thousands of fans that want to see you that haven't seen you in years. And um, I I can't imagine that. Like your favorite band, like it sucks. You feel left out. Uh, and, and the passion is certainly no, no less. I, yeah. I could tell if anything it's more i think if anything american fans uh we're not that gr- we're not <laughs> that great i don't know i don't know is something we're, we're, we're weird uh i mean i'm, I'm obviously joking there but yeah. <laughs> uh when so when did you get the chance to, to see them for the first time
0: well I saw, I saw them i saw slash on the world of fire tour that was the first okay. time i got a like a taste of of gnr and like i mean that to me is still when, because I remember him walking on stage and behind the amps, you could see like the top of the hat, like just <laughs> a, a couple, maybe an inch or two. And I was like, okay, this is happening. I'm going crazy. And I don't remember too much of that show because I was just in awe, uh, <laughs> which is like today, looking back on it, I would not have that re- reaction. But I mean, what was I, I was 15 or something. It's like sure. the perfect age and the excitement and everything. But I didn't get to see Guns N' Roses until uh, 2017 in Stockholm. Uh, so that's when I saw GNR for the first time, uh, and then I've seen him a bunch. I th- I've seen him five times since then. Wow! Uh, yeah, because I yeah I did some traveling and stuff.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. So, I mean, I went the same path as you. I, you know yeah I saw the GNR with Bucket. First, but seeing Velvet Revolver, you know, in my head it's like I see Guns N' Roses, and I'm playing the concert in my brain because it, you know, it's never gonna happen. And yeah. if you follow me, I think I put put it on uh, on Twitter. It was like Facebook memories, are sometimes they're great, sometimes it's like you're reminded of what an idiot you are. <laughs> uh, but I, I posted like 10 years ago that uh, that Slash was playing the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl with uh, Fergie, right?
0: Yeah, I, and, I saw I saw your
2: post. Yeah. yeah, and then I was gonna go see you know Axel was in town or something like that, and uh, with any chance of like a of a reunion, I said as good as a chance as the Jets making the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, the, there is a reunion. The Jets are still terrible, so one of the, <laughs> those things have have happened. But but that I had the same experience. I didn't get to see Axel and Slash until 2016. Uh, yeah, you know, and the, so it's it's kind of it's it's similar, you know. Uh, Yeah. Can you? So, what other countries did you go to see them in?
0: Yeah. So, I saw them in. uh, So, I'm here in 17. I saw in 2018 when they came back. uh, I saw them in Gothenburg, Sweden. I drove to Oslo, Norway. Uh, Well, the Oslo show was the day before. So, I drove to Oslo and then from Oslo down to Gothenburg. And then in 2019, I flew over to the States. Uh, so, I saw them in North Carolina and at the Than Life Festival in Kentucky.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. H- had you been over here before?
0: Yeah, I've, I've been twice, actually. I have some family. My uncle moved there in 2012 or something. So, I've been okay. visiting him two times uh, before that. And then because I, I graduated from high school in 2018, so I had like a, an off year before I started university in 2019 which was in like now with how the world is in 2020 that was the perfect time to have a year off and not right year after uh but i had so i I figured i would go on a on a on a u.s trip and just like do some road trip stuff and when gnr announced their tour i was like well now this road trip is gonna (laughs) go uh the way gnr is touring
2: (laughs) awesome that that's that's awesome uh, any specific highlights from the show, other than just like the shows themselves? Uh, anything that that you recall? Any special memories of?
0: Uh- yeah, I, I think I think like when when Estrange started at that first show I was at, that was like everything hit me at the same time. You had like all the the memories from when I was a teen combined with how great of a song it is, and like that the band had reunited, and that I was there, and that I was in front row, and everything just came together at that moment. And I was just knocked out. Basically it was, it was amazing. Uh, (laughs) I mean, the performance itself may not have been, I haven't, I actively haven't come back to look at it because I don't really want to ruin the memory I have of it. But like, that was, that was amazing to me. And then uh, that show as well. I think, I think at the time it was the third longest show the band had ever done. Okay. Because it was, it was the longest show the not in this lifetime tour at the time. And then, it was until the Forum show in the in uh, in the fall of twenty seventeen, where they played like four hours or something. Uh, and, I I
2: think so. I I tried to. I looked online because I remember on social media I was like, this was the anniversary of the longest show ever, and there's some debate about the time, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was about four hours, yeah,
0: yeah, that and that's crazy. That's I I my legs would give up by <laughs> especially if you're in like in the front row in the standing area or whatever
2: I, mean, I know i felt that way that's me this was uh you know i always had a disability but just yeah, before yeah. i used a, a cane i i uh i went i would always go front row to a show and hold on to the railing and just stay there yeah. hold on for dear life and i did that for a revolver and i yeah. just remember after i'm like oh my god oh my god no one like if I had a wheelchair, then I would have used it. But I, am lucky I got home. I think that, that <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Any, uh, um, so what? Uh, go ahead, go ahead, buddy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say just like uh, going over to the US and seeing them there as well. Like that, that was really cool. I think because of, I mean, I wouldn't. You would never get a chance to see GNR in an arena in in Europe or at least not in, in Sweden. It's like there because since they're not here as often and it's you can't really drive to like different cities in the same way as you can in in the in the US every it's just like seeing that lineup the reunited GNR lineup well reunited GNR lineup in an arena itself was to me really really cool. Oh <laughs> yes.
2: So that it's so that's that's an interesting thing that you said. That you, it's different over there as far as like where they can play because of how the geography is. Like, what do you no, mean by well, that?
0: Not really the geography, but I think like since the band aren't bands are not here as often. At least the bands on the level uh, of JNR, uh, the venues they play are usually larger venues. I mean, in in 2017, right before JNR went back into to the to the arenas in the U.S. For the 2017 American, North American summer run, they was play. They were playing uh, in in Europe at like. I mean, I saw my friend's arena and I think that's a 60,000 seater or something. So it's okay. like, it's. I I think the there there's a size difference, and also like, there's a lot of festivals over here. Like most True. bands that come play festivals, so they're, they're usually like the larger crowds, and and I, I haven't seen too many bands in arenas that weren't like. I mean. Smaller, smaller, but like Volbeat or I guess Hailstorm to some extent would play arenas.
2: Okay. There. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I think that the the art of the festival or what was yeah. the art of the festival worked its way over here.
0: And then, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. My first festival was, happened to be my last concert was uh, Austin City Limits. Uh, oh, right. see,
0: You were that one, right? That was 2019 as well, right?
2: That, yeah, 2019. It was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, which just seems like for, forever ago. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, I, Eugene R played the first night, and I was okay going home after night one. <laughs> there was two more, <laughs> two more days of music. Uh, yeah. To be, did,
0: but, did you, you get know. a chance to see the new songs in the set list on that? Uh, Dead Horse or Locomotive or You're Crazy? Was that part of the set you saw? The only one
2: that stands out, because I'm, I'm, I need a producer to look things up for me, is uh, Shadow of Your Love. That yeah, I hadn't yeah. heard live uh, before, and I think that's 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 great, you know.
0: Yeah, if and
2: when yeah. I, I lean towards when, but it's just a, who knows? A new album comes out. I I hope that's on it. I like to think. Yeah, that, me too. Because that version has never been. I think it's a, it's digitally released, right? I don't think it's on a recording.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm I'm not sure. I'm I'm I actually I'm not sure. <laughs>
2: Was it on? Oh, they, you know what? They re released their best of the vinyl. So it may, it may be on there. I should know oh, these yeah, things.
0: I, I think they added on to, to the end, I think, because it was technically, I mean, the greatest hits record is that, that's just the singles, if I'm not mistaken. And I think with the Appetite reissue, they released Shadow as a single. And thus right. they added it on the end of the greatest hits record. So many they things. They released that on vinyl.
2: I know so many things to keep track of. A band that doesn't do a lot,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: you know, yeah. I I, I got to give credit. You know, talking about uh places of uh, you know over overseas, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Geraldine from from France. I put out there, you know, because I I I don't know. I had to keep it in the theme when I announced a guest. Yeah, I interviewed John Densmore, so I. Made just a fun comparison, whether it's what do you prefer, Estranged or Riders on the Storm. I'm assuming my base is gonna prefer estranged. It doesn't no. there's no right answer or whatever. And she goes, uh, you know, cabin fever. You know, yeah. or are you bored? Just like smiley faces. I forgot the exactly what she said, but yeah, I'm bored. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot of uh
1: Rock and Roll is a savage animal.
2: There's not a lot of rock and roll out there. Thank you, Bass. It's not if there's no news going on, It's just nothing going on? so that's yeah. why I have to entertain myself with the sound bites. It's awesome that I get to interview rock stars, I get to talk to cool people like johan. Uh, <laughs> a couple of questions that I always ask people, uh, listeners who come on or GNR or fans that come on uh favorites piece of piece of memorabilia
0: um I think. Like to I I mean I have the I have the standard stuff I have the coffee cups I have the shirts I have the records and the singles or whatever uh, but I guess the first well well the show shirt from the the Stockholm twenty seventeen show well I actually have it here uh, from the Stockholm twenty seventeen show just oh, because nice. I mean oh well, that's think... cool
2: I hadn't seen that before it's a, it's a yeah. skull where. I don't know. is that like a king. Uh,
0: yeah, it's. I think it's the s- symbol for the s- Swedish monarchy with a with a bullet in the head, basically. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. But uh, I think I, I I like this shirt because of like what it meant to go at the show, and then I also like it because. I mean, it's cool in JR circles, but just as a shirt on its own, it's really ugly. <laughs> There's something to that that I like.
2: Okay. Um, I thought it was a nice
0: shirt. Okay. Fair then enough. I have a Youth Illusion tattoo as well. The, I think you have the same one, if I'm not mistaken. I think you, I remember seeing that. You do. It's weird that you know my body. No, it's all right.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I, did, I did post it. I, ha- I do have the same one on my left uh, shoulder blade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the, the boy writing in the, in the book.
0: And, exactly
2: and if you uh follow on social media i use the the art where that is derived from which i'm sure many all gnr fans hopefully know uh the school of athens by Raphael. so on social media when that whole bernie meme was going on i just put bernie right in the middle of all the <laughs> philosophers it worked so well it just yeah, really it did, did. <laughs> but yeah and that's i don't know do you plan to do anything with it because at some point i would like to get because it was my first tattoo, so the red outline is a little faded. And I got yeah. red for uh, November Rain was my significance. Because you're right, Like I two had a significant uh, impact on your life. Sometimes, yeah, I'm like thinking, I'm, like, yeah, I like two better. But November Rain is just where it's at for me. But I want to get two on the other shoulder blade and kind of okay. do uh, like a rain scenic kind of thing across my shoulders, tied into my shoulders, the things on my, uh, on my arms or whatever. Because I, I like how Scott Wyland actually, if you look at how he has his tattoos or had yeah. his tattoos, uh, I like that mixed with, I love how Axel has his. I've just decided to fill in what he has. Yeah, you know? uh, I, like I took what his idea, the placement of it, he, and then I just filled it in with, like one arm is uh, outer space, the other side is like leaves, like autumn or whatever. So yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm inspired by Scott Wyland and Axel with my tattoos. So I'm a nerd as well. I am yeah. not listen to all the bootlegs like you, <laughs> but my nerdum goes a different different route. Uh, okay, so what about uh, if you can? What's your favorite song? Can you say that, or do you want to say your favorite song today uh, that you're feeling right now?
0: Well, I think I think like "A Strange" will always be be the one, but uh, I also I, I don't always want to listen to that one. Like some days, I'm like, yeah, today I'm gonna listen to it's so easy because that's the GNR song I. Like the most today, but I will always say that the "Strange" is the best one. That, that will be my favorite, but it may not always be the one that I'm in the mood to hear. Like I will skip it at points, but it will still be my favorite. If that makes any sense at all,
2: it does. And I was thinking about this the other day, where if "November Rain," speaking of, comes on the radio, what do I do? Yeah, do I like? What do you do? Right? Uh, it's my favorite song ever. A "Strange" is your favorite, but there's a time investment. Into it, there's an emotional aspect investment into it. Do you just sit in your car and wait? Yeah, the song is over, or do you change it? I don't know, it depends on the day, like you said. If you want exactly. to invest it, it doesn't ruin the fact that like it's your favorite song ever. So, I do understand that's that's the point of it all,
0: yeah. And uh, I think like both it, of those songs, both November Rain and Estranged, and I guess to some extent, Don't Cry, all of those, like the, the trilogy, basically, uh, th- there's so much I get for to some in some way shape or form have some weight to them like it's it's emotionally taxing to listen to them at points and i feel like sometimes when they're just going to work or whatever i don't really need all of that <laughs> over me when i'm going into right. my shift at the supermarket
2: <laughs> right exactly and i guess i had a random thought this was uh, several years ago and the only reason i, I think you may know who she is because she interviewed a lot of metal bands but julia I forgot her last name. It was a, it was a Russian last name. She was like the metal mistress. She was on the Fuse channel. I don't know if you remember her.
0: Yeah, yeah vaguely, yeah.
2: People look her up. Maybe it was like Julia, yeah. That's I can't remember her her last name. Uh but we I went to a karaoke night that she was hosting. It was at a bar called Duff's. <laughs> believe, believe it or not, uh in New York City and she sang Don't Cry uh for karaoke. Yeah. And I butchered uh, every rose has its thorn. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to do karaoke anymore. It's not fun for anybody. I can't sing. You know I can't sing. You have ears. It's just not fun for anybody.
0: So. That's the problem with the karaoke though, isn't it? Like it's I mean it's it's a, it's an event made for people that can't sing where they are supposed to sing.
2: I know, but it's now the, like, you know, I guess maybe I'll blame it on my sobriety. I'm sober. I don't, it's just, I get no enjoyment out of it. I just get nothing. I guess everybody has to be uh, drunk to, to belt it out. So uh, I'll continue to sing Guns N' Roses either amongst uh, a crowd or nobody can hear me or alone in the shower. I'll do one. Yeah. The uh, Johan, that, that this
0: is
2: all. Really <laughs> thank you. That's me. Alone in the shower sounds very good. Uh, Johan, so you're young Swedish vinyl on uh, my GNR forum, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so,
2: People just want to you know, BS with Johan about GNR. He's a, a young, passionate fan that looks like a young uh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you have like, uh, who did I interview? It was uh, Ryan Roxy. Does he live there now?
0: Yeah, what I think he, he, he lives in Stockholm, I think. Yeah, at least he did a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, he just went off on a tangent about like Swedish women. But you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll stop the episode there before I get myself in trouble. Uh <laughs> Johan, thank you. Of course, thanks uh, to John Densmore. Stay tuned for what's to come of the podcast. Obviously, the conversation continues on Facebook, on Twitter, social media. You can buy shirts on Redbubble, uh, follow on YouTube. You can check out the last episode we did with Doug Goldstein, where we invited another fan to take part of an episode, Tommy from uh, Staten Island. So we go from Staten Island to uh speed and we go all over that's what this podcast does so uh when are you going to see the next episode who will the next guest be well in the words of axel rose concerning chinese democracy i don't know as soon as the word but you'll see it, no! it! No!
1: thanks to the lame ass security i'm going home